Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, what next for this insurrectionist movement or for the QAnon movement, for that matter? We're happy to have with us this morning, a reporter at Mother Jones who's been covering internet disinformation, his writing on technology, race, politics, and other topics has appeared in The Guardian, Vice, and on NPR and CNN's websites. You can find him on Twitter under his name, Ali Breland, or we have it have Ali Breland on Make It Plain with us today. Hey, brother Ali, how are you, man? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Glad you could be here with us on um, on Make It Plain. Um, your latest for Mother Jones has to do with QAnon, a lot of their conspiracy theories and predictions um, that never quite seem to pan out the way they put them out there. Um, and especially most lately, I mean, they really believe, first of all, um, that Trump would be restored to the presidency, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's just one of the, honestly, like, you know, that sounds pretty wild, but that's probably one of the lesser wild things that they believe at this point. Yeah. Um, now, I, I'm not, as many probably aren't fully aware of all these different overlaps and intersections, but what is going on now and what impact does Parler and some of the changes there, what impact will that have on the QAnon movement? Yeah, so there's a few things going on right now. QAnon believers, people who believe that the government is controlled by a satanic cabal of liberal elite pedophiles um, who Donald Trump is locked in a war against, uh, 
they are sort of at this crisis where they don't have a clear organizing point. They've been kicked off every major platform to some degree. Facebook says that they're no longer welcome. There's obviously exceptions to that because Facebook is not particularly good at enforcing its own rules. Twitter said that they're not welcome. Their sort of main hub, like you mentioned, Parler, which was taken down, was another massive congregation place for them online because this is a primarily online movement, even though it has real world implications. And so they're kind of trying to figure out where to go. So a lot of them have gone to this platform called Telegram, um, which is known for its encrypted messaging services, but also sort of has this feature that allows people to create public groups where they can post freely like they're using Twitter or something like that. And so on Telegram, people are trying to perpetuate the conspiracy theory even more. They're saying that Donald Trump is is like pushing new things, that he is actually still secretly behind the scenes. Um, they're creating all sorts of like bizarre um, sorts of scenarios where they're combining sovereign citizen conspiracy theories of the 90s and mid-2000s about how Washington, D.C. and the government is actually like a corporation. Um, and they're combining it with ways of QAnon that, in ways I don't fully even understand. Um, and then the other thing, too, that's kind of happening that's a little bit frightening is that um, more... It, it sounds crazy, but there are people far more radical than QAnon people. There are neo-Nazis and white supremacists, um, and those people are trying to latch on to uh, QAnon people and try to bring them into their fold, which is very concerning to see. This, yeah, it, it is very concerning. As you write in your latest piece, they have a lot of fits and starts. Um, at the inauguration, something was supposed to happen, and it didn't. Were they intimidated? By, do you think the large National Guard military presence, what, what do you think happened there? Are, or, or are they also finding themselves or feeling that they're more surveilled now by the state with everything that happened January 6th? Just what happened there? It's like they sold a big wolf ticket for January 20th. I think it was a couple things. I mean, like, um, on one side, on one hand, I think it was definitely the sort of large military presence, like you saw a similar thing happen with Unite the Right, which was different, even though there was overlap. It is important to, to note the sort of implicit racism of QAnon. QAnon almost tracks with like sort of anti-Semitic blood libel and the protocols of the elders of Zion to anti-Semitic Jewish conspiracy theories. But the project isn't as inherently, it is, it's racist, but not as inherently racist as white nationalism. So they're different things. But after Unite the Right in Charlottesville in 2017, there was a follow-up event and the follow-up event was very poorly attended. There was too much attention on it. People saw the negative consequences, just like now how people who attended the Capitol, the riots and the insurrection are being arrested. They're being fired from their jobs. The first time we kind of saw that happen was after Unite the Right. And so the consequences and the illustration of what can happen are so great that I think that it deterred a lot of people from going. And yeah, like you said, QAnon people thought that Donald Trump was going to pull some sort of magic wool over everyone's eyes and actually still be president on Inauguration Day. That didn't happen. And as a result, some QAnon supporters are pretty disaffected by that. And the whole piece that I wrote is about how even though some are disaffected and there will be some slight exodus of QAnoners out of the movement, this has been a recurring theme of the movement. They go through these sort of dates where everything's supposed to materialize and then it doesn't happen. And then they keep going and they rationalize it. So it, it, the setbacks don't really seem to matter. Uh, <laughs> no, they it's yeah, they just recreate reality into like contorting whatever they need to. So a lack of accountability for with and for their own movement. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, obviously. No yeah. concept of it. Yeah, yeah. So in another piece you wrote, and you alluded to Telegram earlier, you interviewed a Mark Andre Argentino, a PhD candidate at Concordia University who tracks extremism online. I just want to lift this up and get you a comment on it. You, you quote him as saying, Telegram appears to be where 
some of the influences are going to make their home. Um, in some Proud Boys groups, a parlor being shut down has sent tens of thousands or more people to Telegram. All of them are seeking refuge and looking for answers since their Q bullshit lied to them. Uh, at least that's one point, one post that I'm reading from, I believe. Correction. Now is our opportunity to grab them by the hand and lead them toward ideological truth. Join their normie chats and show them love and unity. So talk to us about that, if you would. So are there proud boys? You mentioned all different segments of this far right movement. Are there proud boys and other segments of that movement that are, are pissed at QAnon specifically right now and feel kind of misled? No, because people like the Proud Boys have always sort of seen QAnon with a skeptical eye and like understood that it's it's absurd, which is kind of goofy given how absurd the Proud Boys are themselves. I mean, their name is like the Proud Boys, right? But what what they see this chance as is like an opportunity to potentially get converts to harder right positions. So like some people like will will yell at me in my Twitter mentions. They'll be like, QAnon is radical. And like it is, right? But I guess there's gradients of radicalness. And so Proud Boys are probably more radical than QAnon people in some ways. And so Proud Boys are trying to recruit them. But Mark was just tweeting the other day, too, about how other groups like white nationalists and neo-Nazis, which, again, the Proud Boys have a lot of crossover with, but are not, I guess, like specifically dedicated to neo-Nazism, even though it's like an auxiliary feature of like some wings of the groups. But like hard right neo-Nazi groups are trying to do the same thing that the Proud Boys just talked about in that post you read, where they're trying to go in and they're doing raids several times a day in QAnon groups to, to bring QAnoners over to neo-Nazism. Is it working? We don't know yet. It's early. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons as to believe why like it might have some initial success. I've talked to QAnon supporters and they're willing to talk to me. But like at the same time, like the fundamental precepts of QAnon are very anti-Semitic. The people that they go after, that they target overwhelmingly, or Jewish people are overrepresented in it. They're not only targeting Jewish people, but that represents like a large amount of the people who they make their enemies. If you question them a lot enough, they'll sort of hint at being anti-Semitic or just outright say anti-Semitic things. And so if you have people doing that, that's the first step towards neo-Nazism. And so neo-Nazis see that, and they're, they're very attracted to that. But I don't think we know if it's working yet. It's unclear, but I'm not exactly optimistic about the situation. So what what I just read from that post, uh, what intrigued me uh, is where it says, grab them by the hand, lead them toward ideological truths, join their normie chats and show them love and unity. First of all, I'm making, what is a normie chat? What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) So normie is like a term that has, I think it originally started off the dark wings of the internet, like 4chan, where people are very irony poisoned. They only speak through like just aggressive levels of, of irony and there's no real sincerity. And what they were talking about is more normal people. So they were referring to people in like mainstream places. And so normie has been co-opted as a, a broader term, that's not just used by 4chan people now. And it's basically a reference to anyone who is not sort of radicalized or not even radicalized, but inculcated or moved into your specific niche worldview. They don't understand the cool things or the edgy things that you're into. I got you. But then what also stood out to me is this. Join their normie chats and show them love and unity. So, Ali, am, am, am I going too far to see some parallel between those very words and Donald Trump going on tele- going on video January 6th saying, 
we love you. Remember, he said, I thought that was very interesting. These people tearing up the Capitol. And he says, we love you. It's time to go home. But after ginning him to go down, but he starts using this terminology of, of love. Is there something in that love piece in terms of, of coddling some of these people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there is a lot like in that regard. Um, Trump is shown a repeated willingness to not want to rebuke anyone who supports him, even if they're some of the most like reprehensible, despisable people. There's reporting um, about his unwillingness. I mean, we can see his unwillingness to reject neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And there's been reporting that behind the scenes, like these people show him love. And so he's like unwilling to turn them away. And QAnon people are just another example of him. I think even like recently there was like a report I want to say where he was saying that like they sound like good people to me. They want good things. And he's also said versions of that publicly too. So we don't need to rely on backroom reporting to show us this. Yeah. But it, it just seems to me, it, it was kind of interesting to me, even the way he said it. Um, yeah. And the way it's written here. Like yeah. I said, these supposed to be rough and tough, don't take no stuff characters. But we have to love yeah. them. We have to collar. We have to. Yeah. Almost booty them. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it, it goes back to. We do. I, I do think that, like, with these sorts of people trying to, like, I guess, like, deprogram or whatever, I don't really like that term, but, like, it's important to, like, maybe not try to aggressively mock them, but they are consenting adults who have picked out and staked out these positions, and they didn't come there from desperation. Some people are truly desperate and they get to tune on that way, and maybe those specific people do need a coddled hand but there's so many people i've spoken to who are very clearly of means who are of privilege are not desperate people who are not turning to QAnon out of having no other options they're turning to QAnon because it like justifies a lot of their most egregious beliefs it gives them a framework for seeing the world in the more easy way it makes their arguments easier and i don't have like a lot of sympathy for those people and i don't think that we need to like look to them with like love or anything like that has this movement the QAnon slash proud boy slash Form of parlor movement, I guess. And if you put them all together, it, it, it has grown since Trump has been in office, correct? Unequivocally. And it's it's scary, too, because it's grown since Trump's been in office. You've seen them do more and more things. But the one thing that's been particularly scary since Biden's win is that these groups were traditionally very splintered, even though there was some crossover. And Proud Boys don't believe in QAnon now, but these groups have all kind of come together and seen each other as necessary bedfellows. Sort of their willingness to work together is more concerning than it's ever been. So just like you're saying, you know, QAnon is never set back by its own failures. Will Proud Boys continue to trust QAnon even at times? I mean, will they still remain bedfellows? I think that. The Proud Boys are a little bit more conscious and like strategic operators than QAnon people. The Proud Boys are sitting down to try to like make their movement work in a specific way. They have like an organization as a group. They're leaders. They're like local chapters. They're different things like that. QAnon is, for lack of a better term, more of an organic organization. And so QAnoners are not thinking about Proud Boys in the same way that the Proud Boys are thinking about QAnon as like a strategic opportunity to like get new people in. And I think that the Proud Boys will continue to see the QAnon people as a useful place to try to recruit from and bring new people into. I don't think QAnon is thinking about the Proud Boys in the same way. They just kind of see them as like good guys that beat up Antifa who they absolutely hate. So, yeah. So, this this, this QAnon itself, is it pretty much just online conspir conspiratorialist or do they get into the streets too? 
and 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 um, get balance. Yeah, they they definitely do get into the street. It's not the same way. The Proud Boys are like absolute explicitly like they like they like to brawl. They like to fight people. They like to go out and like antagonize Antifa. QAnon people don't organize around those kinds of things. You might see QAnon people who are out in sort of paramilitary militia groups walking around, but those kinds of people are there for another reason. They're oath keepers. They're like a part of some weird right wing militia. But they've been their big thing over the past summer was doing like save the children type protests. And they've kind of, I guess, receded from doing that. But again, it's it's just like a much harder group to sort of track the movements of because they're so splintered and sort of centered around this like loose online ideology as opposed to having like a specific organization in the way that the proud boys do or the way that base or the oath keepers or, or groups like that oh there's still a 4chan still exists correct yeah 4chan does exist it's like 4chan exists and then the sort of successor to 4chan exists 8chan slash 8kun are you familiar with it no i'm not it's, it's called 8chan slash what 8kun is the new name for it. They rebranded. Basically, it's an even worse version of 4chan. They uh they started 4chan st- regulated speech a little bit because there was a massive harassment campaign on the website. I want to say in 2014 or 2016, and some of the moderators started to like take some of that down. So in response, they made an even wilder website where they did less moderation on. And in that that website's around. That's like the sort of the primary home of QAnon. I do think though that one of the QAnon boards was nuked, so to speak, by a rogue administrator. So I'm not really sure how they're handling that. But the crazy thing too about Acon is that the people who made that website have sort of pushed QAnon too. They and I actually did um, reporting that I'm not sure if you've seen, but like my colleague and I went and found that the host of Acon and the guy who made that website uh, appears to have hosted child porn domains himself. And the whole message of QAnon is like we're taking down these child predators and so there's this just absurdly grotesque built-in hypocrisy into QAnon and everything that they believe and the people who founded it or who we believe have probably founded or accelerated it well it's it's like it's like J. Edgar Hoover's fascination <laughs> with everyone else's sexuality yeah. while he was doing his own thing in, yeah. in a positive and down low way I mean so it is you know people tend to traffic in the spaces that they know the most about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so, so there's that. But now, and I know you've also written about, you know, social media sites in general and what they have and have not been doing with, with these organizations. Are we finally after January 6th at a place where many of the major social media has, has banished these characters all together? Is, is that accurate or no? Um, it's hard to answer. We're definitely in a better place than we used to be, but these companies have made these promises over and over and over, right? They, Facebook has done like three announcements saying that they're going to ban all the Stop the Steal groups that are on their page, on their website. They said the first time they did this was like at the beginning of November when right after Biden won, they were like, oh, we're, we're banning this. And then they just made an announcement last week. So I don't know why they keep making new announcements, but it's proof that they're not doing a good enough job. But at the same time, they are cracking down in ways that they never have been before. A lot of people cynically, and I suspect this to be correct. I don't know if it is or not. We don't have reporting that shows that it's correct, but I, I suspect it's true, is that they've made a calculation that it's worth their time to crack down on this content to appease the Biden administration and appease the Democrats who now have the House and who now have the Senate to stave off potential regulation. But the other thing that's important to note is even if they are operating a little bit better, 
single corporations or like a small cadre of like three or four corporations should not have this much power in determining how speech moves around the internet and how things operate. Um, and we shouldn't have to rely on these tiny amounts of companies to do what we believe is correct as a society. They're not democratically accountable. They're not electable. There's no way to like actually do anything. Like you can vote with your feet, but that just means not using Facebook and boycotts unless they are structured and organized in very specific manners where you have a very important group working towards a singular goal are very hard to actually achieve. Like, And I don't think that the American public is interested in boycotting Facebook in that way, even if they disagree with Facebook's aims. Yes. I mean, it's too ubiquitous, unfortunately. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. But so then, uh, Ali, are you saying that these companies, private companies left to make these decisions with no accountability, are you suggesting they be they should they themselves should be broken up and uh, or and or more regulated? I'm agnostic to the solutions like as a, a person, I guess, who is not super studied up in economics. But I will say that there needs to be something done. And whether that's breaking up, whether that's more strict regulations, but leaving the companies as is, whether that means in some cases, an interesting solution I've seen floated is sort of nationalizing the companies and, and running them as a structure where BBC in the UK is nationalized, but the government has no control over what they do. They just get funding from the government. And like there is some like accountability measures, but Boris Johnson has no ability to like tell BBC what's going on. So maybe a structure like that where they are democratically accountable, but not able to be controlled by the federal government could be an interesting one too. So anything like that, any of those I think would be better than what we're at now. Yeah, because clearly we see, I mean, I know there's the First Amendment and the interest in total freedom. Yeah. Um, but that crosses a line, especially when, so it's, so in other words, you can't have a first amendment that says a government can't regulate speech, but a private entity as powerful yeah. as Facebook can. Yeah. That kind of defeats, <laughs> I don't think they, that was meant either. We don't want the government to regulate it, but we rather have, uh, um, a, 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 a monopolistic behemoth do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of like the Second Amendment. You know, we want people to have a right to bear arms, but we also want people to have a right to carry automatic weapons. I mean, it just, it doesn't add up. And yeah, and I think that even the government has like recognized that like, like free speech does not mean literally saying anything. Like free speech, I guess, means that you can technically be racist, but free speech does not like give you the ability to advocate for hate crimes against uh, marginalized groups of people or just advocate for crimes against anyone at all. Um, yeah, it's, you, you can't like tell people to go kill someone else. That's not okay. Um, I don't think that, I think that's, that's, there's, there's specific legal provisions that account for those kinds of things. And, and so you mentioned other countries. Isn't it true? Like even in countries like Germany, you can't even say, uh, right? A lot of the crap that these guys say online here, right? You, you can't get away with saying that stuff publicly. Am I correct? Oh, oh yeah. It's really interesting actually. I've done stories where I've come across all, like sort of neo-Nazi noxious content that is visible in the US. And then I've worked with researchers who will use VPNs to place themselves in Germany and they found that these companies are aware of this content and they are censoring it in Germany where they know that these laws are stricter and just like leaving it up in the US. And I don't know if that's still happening. The last time I did a story like this was I want to say two years ago with Google Plus, but this is something that they definitely are aware of that they move around in. I don't know what the current state of that is, but yeah, in the past, that's that's definitely been the case. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will continue to watch you. And, and as I was, and when you answered one question about how it, this 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 movement has grown, will it 
now continue to grow with parlor being shut down with the failure at the inauguration. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. Biden is the president. Um, you think this movement or these movements will continue to grow now that Biden is in office? I think that they will. My, my guess is that they will stagnate and the reasons are because structurally, like the places they congregate and organize or they're being pushed to the margins. So like there's just way less people on Telegram. There are barriers to entry and how to figure out how to use it. So there's a lot of reason as to why people might not be able to access these spaces to find QAnon, to find other harder right ideologies. However, even though that is the case, and I'm optimistic for that reason, Prior to Trump, Fox News would always do the best when it in in the years where it was like representing the opposition party. When a Democrat was in power, Fox News ratings would go up because people were interested in fighting back against the people in power that they were most frustrated in. And I could see that being a galvanizing force against Biden. I'm not sure where QAnon people would congregate, given that they don't have Facebook in the way that they used to. But that kind of thing is like concerning to see and something that I'm definitely watching for, even though I'm a little optimistic that it might not grow in the short term. What about Trump? How can he mobilize these troops if he himself is knocked off of social media? What do you predict? What is he going to Is he going to go on Telegram? What do, you, what do you predict? Or is he already on there? He's not on Telegram. I know. I think he's like launched a lawsuit to try to get back on Facebook. So that's his primary entry point. I don't know what he's going to do because I think Parler was like the last attractive option to him. And he is like very obviously like clearly into his own self-image and making sure that he is seen by the most amount of people. He's, he very clearly likes and places a lot of emphasis on having large audiences and being on TV and things like that. Um, and I think that like to see him go to sort of one of these like quote unquote Bush League social media sites that are pushed to the fringes and the margins um, would be a very big blow to his ego. But if he is media star for long enough, if he doesn't have a way to get his voice out there, I can see him eventually getting desperate enough to do that and to go to a place like Telegram, to go to a, another website maybe. Uh, we'll see. Parler's also trying to get back up. They've, they've worked out a deal with, I think, a Russian host, and it might be online soon. So that might be where he goes next if they're able to get back up. We'll see how that goes. Russia, of course. <laughs> yeah. Always, always Russia. That's where... Where, exactly. where, where it happened. And, and to be honest with you, I, I'm going to share my own. Please. I apologize with you. So, yeah, I think obviously a lot of people on the 6th got pulled in and there were a handful of them that knew what they intended to do. And everybody else kind of got caught up with the crowd, I think. Not that I'm excusing them, but, you know, a lot of folks were followers up there. But remember, uh, and we're seeing it now in Moscow, we're seeing demonstrations against Putin. Remember... Um, right before Hillary Clinton left the um, State Department, it was a major demonstration in Moscow against Putin after one of those sham elections, which he, Ali, held as a grudge against her and was one of the primary motivations to help um, his unwitting or witting agent, Donald Trump, defeat her. That was an embarrassment. What January 6th did vis-a-vis uh, -vis Trump and, and his help was give Russian state television and Putin the same visual here. So now you had a, the same visual of a demonstration against the government in the United States against an incoming president as he felt was done him and as he felt Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, he felt they orchestrated that in Moscow. I want to say 2011, 2012, whenever it was. He felt that they orchestrated that. So this was it. And so Trump's, what's in Trump's incentive doing it? Like you say, he wants to do everything with Russia. He knows he needs that money. 
he knows he's indebted to those oligarchs. So Trump can go back now and say, hey, I gave you the visual on January 6th. I mean, I did my job, at least in that regard. I may not have won the election, but I gave you the visual. That's just my own hypothesis as to part of his thinking and motivation uh, for doing that so he could stay in, in Putin's back pocket. Yeah, I mean, potentially there's an interesting symmetry to it. I go back and forth on it because in one hand, you know, like it does take a level of intelligence to sort of like work the media in the way that he does and to like ascend to these roles. But on the other hand, I don't know, he's having White House chefs make him McDonald's style burgers. I love McDonald's, but I, it's, just, it's like who I, I don't know. I don't know how to think about him or how to categorize him mentally. No, I know it's tough because you wonder. And, and I mean, I'm not I'm not suggesting any genius either. It's not. Yeah. But but I think that's pretty simplistic. You you want an uprising. That ain't hard. to. I mean, that ain't hard to manipulate. And that's what he did. And, you know, he might have a person or two close to him, closer than we think. I don't think Jared and Ivanka are, are totally unsoiled. Hey, Dad, you know, we need this money. We need this half a billion. So we whatever we need to do to stay in the good graces of the people we need to stay in good graces of, maybe we should just do it. You know, and then plead, you know, a, a, another Putin tactic, the fog of unknowability. Well, I don't know. I didn't have response. I don't know what happened. Well, you know, <laughs> he's definitely mastered that. What, what I think instead is not so much him him mastering the media in that way, is that the media it, is, has been too late and too slow, Ali, in realizing what the fog of unknowability is and how they've been played in it. They've just been, fa they've been fascinated with this dude since his inception rather than cover him objectively. Look at him. Look what he's doing. I can't believe it. It's, I mean, it's just, no, th this is all part of an enabling of the kind of disaster we saw on January 6th. And now people are late to the party. Well, now we need to ban him. People have been saying that for years. He needs to be banned. But, you know, I, I think it's more the mainstream media has been naive. And they've also been enjoying, I think, to some extent, more interest in their sites and their networks because of Trump, because he is that, you know, ongoing rubberneck invoking uh, car accident that everybody wants to see. So so hopefully yeah. we moved on from that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I do think that he like sort of ripped open a hole in the media and showed that there are these like fundamental gaps. And I think that unfortunately, I think we're better off where we were in 2016 but there's a lot of things the media i think still doesn't understand broadly like the concept of having a quote-unquote objective media is a very american concept and like so many other developed countries are just baffled that we have that not because they have like unobjective or biased media systems but because people are very open and honest about the perspectives that they're approaching the media with and the public takes that in and then is able to place that over the stories that they're reading whereas and the idea is that you can still provide objectivity while having a perspective or opinion that's like out there. Whereas American media is not actually interested in objectivity. It's about object objectivity theater. And someone like Trump just broke that open because what is the middle between, I don't know, uh, whatever Nancy Pelosi is doing versus like Donald Trump advocating for like an insurrection on the side or like openly talking about, you know, uh, going to war with Iran in these sort of ludicrous ways. Right. I, you know, I like that term. If you don't mind, I'm, I want to borrow that objectivity please. theater. Um, yeah, I've, I've been trying to make this argument as much as I can. So please spread it as much as you can. Like. <laughs> I love it. But 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 the, but but I, what worries me now, you know, as I'm watching some of the coverage currently since the since the inauguration, Joe Biden's boring. So you have to create 
drama. I mean, boring to, in the context relativeness to the to the mainstream media who's been covering a nut for the past four years. Uh, Joe Biden even said, wouldn't you like to have a president who's not creating drama in the news cycle every day? I mean, which is kind of what you're supposed to do. A president, is, we, we're not supposed to be focused on one individual every single day in the news cycle, every minute of the day. And and I fear that what Trump Trump has done is set a precedent where it, they will still seek that out and then manufacture um, crap <laughs> that really isn't isn't worth. I just wonder how long they can um, fast from covering Donald Trump. Um, yeah, it's, we'll have to see. It is. Yeah, I'm not really sure either because, like, you know, I I obviously am part of the media, but the way that Mother Jones sits down and operates is like fundamentally different than. Uh, how CNN operates in that, like, or just any magazine, you know, any magazine or like a written newspaper is going to behave differently than cable news. We don't, I, you can argue that, you know, we're interested in the spectacle too, but I think it's unarguable that we're not as interested in spectacles as uh, TV news channels are. And so I'm not really sure or, how that's going to play out. Or the New York Times. I mean, yeah. we got some print that is tripping. No, of course, and mother, I mean, and that's what sets Mother Jones sets Mother Jones apart, and and all you know, independent media in that way, um, because it's not that, you know, it's it's not that type of thing. By the way, folks, um, as they say on the website, are you looking? They're asking a question. Mother Jones is one of my favorites. MotherJones.com. Are you looking for news you can trust? And as we've been saying, Ali's been covering disinformation which is is an era that we're in right now that is unprecedented and it is people of color uh, and young people and women all historically targeted communities for oppression that are most targeted with disinformation uh, and most affected by it um and mother jones doesn't do that ali is is trying hard um to fight that so we ask you to support Mother Jones and and, and def, definitely not mainstream because you don't make a lot of money trying to combat this. That's the other trick to the now, you know, that's a whole other thing. If you want to be rich, you join the mainstream media and you help push disinformation and objectivity theater. Uh, but uh, but but we don't do that. They definitely don't do that at, at MotherJones.com. His latest QAnon never made sense and it will easily make sense of President Biden because they make sense of whatever they want to pull out of thin air. Um Share this story and share motherjones.com and Ali Breland. Check him out on Twitter. Ali Breland is his full name. On Twitter, you'll find him there. Great to meet you. Great to talk to you, buddy. Let's stay in close touch. Appreciate your work. Yeah, please. Thank you so much. It was great to be on. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.